Well, the Fed has just met. We'll give you the details on that today. Plus, could a fiscal stimulus deal be imminent in the United States? More imminent than a Brexit deal, perhaps, even though there are suggestions that it's getting closer. All this hope has offset the downside surprise on US retail sales in November. And the Bank of England, what have they got planned for a country that's still seeing infections rise and not sure what's going to happen on the border in two weeks' time? It's Thursday, the 17th of December, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar had quite a sharp fall today, quickly losing a third of 1%, but then slowly regained almost all of that. Otherwise, no big moves. The euro is up almost 0.2%. The pound is holding back a little. The Canadian dollar is down half a percent. And not much happening with the Aussie dollar. Uh, it's stuck around 75.6 US cents. And uh, not much movement in stocks either. The Dow is down about 0.2%. The S&P 500 is just a smidgen up. And the NASDAQ is uh, up 0.3%. In Europe... The Eurostoxx 50 up 0.6%. The uh, FTSE more than making up for yesterday's losses, gaining about 0.9%. Not much to say in bonds, except yields are up in Europe. Four basis points in Germany, France and Spain. And oil is up a little bit as well. Now today and tomorrow, you're so lucky. Gavin Friend is with us for two days. Senior market strategist at at NAB in London. So the the FOMC just met. We'll talk about that in a moment. But first, uh, let's look at those PMIs uh, as expected for the U.S., but quite a bit better than anticipated for Europe, weren't they, for services and manufacturing. Manufacturing for Germany, for example, up to 58.6, which is the highest it's been this year. Actually, the highest it's been uh, since early 2018. Of course, you know, we are playing catch-up, of course, so that's a large chunk of it. Yeah, morning, Phil. Uh, Yeah, they were a good set, weren't they? I mean, they were good in Australia. They They were not bad in the UK and the US, but to your point, it was in Europe that we saw the outperformance. France was the first cab off the rank. Um, services, this is the area that's been hit hardest by the COVID. That popped to 49.2 from 38. So still contracting, but only just. Um, and uh, the the, uh, the uh, manufacturing was back above 50. So that's very encouraging. The real engine of the economy in Europe, of course, is Germany and German manufacturing, which hasn't really paused for breath right the way through. 58.6 yeah. is a, a new post-COVID high uh, for manufacturing there. Services still contracting at 47, but, but but the pace is kind of slowing a bit. German manufacturing activity is at a 34-month high. Order, order books up sharply, particularly exports to China, which meshes with the positive numbers, the recovery story that we're seeing in China and across Asia. There's a good news story there. That was one of three props, really, that we saw for markets uh, during during the Wednesday session. The others being um, the deal. sort of, well, yes, indeed, the uh, optimism on a Brexit deal and optimism on some sort of stimulus deal in the US. Before, I mean, before we look at that optimism, we'll look at the US first. But uh, I mean, there was that I talked about that big drop in, uh, in in the markets. I think that was because those retail sales, which weren't so good, were they in the United States? They were expected to fall a little in November, but not a 1.1% fall. I mean, there were quite a few uh, restrictions on shopping, but, uh, uh, you know, that, that I think that surprised the markets, didn't it? Yeah, it did. I mean, uh, they were grim, really, uh, is the word that you would look uh, for. They fell at the headline level month on month. They fell 1.1%. The market was looking for a slight fall, as you say, down sort of three-tenths. Uh, Ex-autos down nine-tenths versus a 0.14. And the control group, which is the the, uh, the section that moves into, feeds most directly into GDP, fell by half a percent. Mm. Uh, versus versus a two tenths uh, forecast rise, and 
to boot, on, on adding to this, um, all of the previous month's numbers, the October numbers, were revised lower meaningfully. So headline numbers were down, revised down by four uh, percentage points. Uh, sorry, sorry, by zero point four percentage points. Um, it was we saw weakness pretty much across the board. You know, all non-food components were soft, except I think building materials that underlines the strength we're seeing in the construction sector. For many, clearly not all, uh, the factor holding back sales isn't cash or lack of cash, lack of funds. It's it's lockdowns, it's restrictions. Yeah, it's been able to get, get out and about. Yeah, but, so, but, so that does prompt the idea of, of, of perhaps some sort of rebound. Yeah, because people are cashed up. Forward, yeah, people are cashed up. They've got the money to spend. But, I mean, even even before that, you know, retail sales are still up 4.1% compared to a, a year ago. So is it really such a, is it really such bad news? Well, it's, it's a very good point. I mean, I think the problem is, is that, you know, for markets, it's that thing about the, yeah, the restrictions we're seeing now, the darkness, the uh, mind the gap, if you like, is the is the phrase in terms of before mm. we get to hopefully uh, healthier times when the uh, the vaccine uh, is more widely available and people yeah. can get back on their mojo. Um, it's getting yeah. through that. So how period. long is it going to take? Is that is the question? Yeah, exactly. Well, all that. If, you, if you if you if you if you look at re- recent surveys, uh, it's suggesting uh, the second quarter is when markets really think there's going to be some sort of notable uptick in economic right. activity. And be to, to get us there, well, obviously this stimulus deal is needed. It's imminent, apparently. That's uh, what's brought the markets back. Mitch McConnell has been saying uh, they're making major headway towards a plan that could pass both chambers. Could we find out in the next 24 hours? It sounds like we might. Well, if it's done, I mean, you're right. The market's buying it. Uh, the, the, the mood music from McConnell and others is, is good. If it's done, it'll be a very skinny deal, one that excludes liability protections and uh, payments and payments to st- state and local governments. It'll mm. still be no more than 750 billion, perhaps nearer 500 billion. That's a long way from, you know, 1.8 trillion we used to talk about uh, t- two months ago. Yeah. In that sense, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell will get his way. Uh, expectations are the House will pass uh, what's on offer Thursday, so the Senate can do same Friday, and then. This will be attached to the broader a broader spending bill that Congress needs to pass by Friday Friday to avoid yeah. a government shutdown or a partial government shutdown. And the the Fed, uh, no change to interest rates, of course, but also no changes to bond buying for now. They want to see uh, when things improve. Basically. Yeah, that's right, Phil. So uh, rate steady. The dot pots plots, which is the which is where FOMC members think rates will be at the end of each of the next few years, were unchanged uh, out to twenty twenty three. One member of the FMC does or broke ranks and now thinks that the Fed may be raising rates uh, at the end by the end of 2022 which is interesting but it doesn't change uh, the the mean Uh, as you say the Fed will keep buying assets that's 80 billion per month of US treasuries 40 billion a month totaling 120 billion um, in agency debt uh, and will continue to do so until it sees substantial progress or get in its goals so those goals are sustainable uh, inflation above 2% and full employment um, as the yeah. as I, I guess as the majority and us had expected there was no decision to up the buying 
the buying amounts of QE uh, or shift or skew the, so the, the duration towards longer term uh, purchases. This was thought of as an idea to keep a lid on bond yields. Uh, and that's why we're seeing in the post um, Fed reaction, something of a spike in 10 year yields up to 94 basis points from 91. Similarly, similar move in the 30s. But because twos are anchored by the Fed, we've got a bit of a curve steepening going on. So we're up to the tights there of 157 basis points on threes, tw- threes, uh, sorry, twos, thirties. In its economic projections, um, the central tend- so-called central tendency estimates, GDP for this year is now a little less bleak uh, than it was, down at 2.5% or so versus down 4% previously. Little changed in 2021 and a bit stronger in 2022. Unemployment goes from 6.7, 6.8 now in 2020. Uh, so that's a little bit better actually than previously previously 7 to 8% and unemployment is seen lower uh, next year at sort of somewhere between 47 and 5.4% versus 5 to 6% and that just sort of um, mm. underpins what we've seen in the uh, drop in the un- in the unemployment rate the jobless rate in the last couple of uh, non-farm payroll reports now sadly we had to get this podcast out before the press conference so if anything else is uh, said in there anything more nuanced there uh, we've missed it for today we can pick up on it tomorrow but thanks uh, thanks for covering that off for us now uh, let's look at uh, sterling. It got up to almost uh, $1.355, which is actually the highest it's been since uh, May 2018 overnight. Uh, so on the one side, obviously it's all related to uh, the post-Brexit deal. On the one side, we've got Ursula von der Leyen saying that there is a path to a post-Brexit trade deal, even though it's a very narrow path. Uh, on the other side, Boris Johnson still saying no deal is the most likely outcome. Who do we believe? Well, I know you always like to dwell on what Boris says, but you really should <laughs> learn to dismiss all of this stuff uh, uh, it's it's these comments are tactical they're designed for effect what we only really care about is the final outcome we know the two sides agreed at the weekend that to go the extra mile we know that the uk's big issue here is it's leaving the eu it has on offer on the table a tariff-free deal access to goods and some services to the world's largest market 450 million people but to do so would require the UK to agree not to try and gain some sort of competitive advantage by lowering standards on things like labour laws and the environment. Now, uh, the two sides agreed a few days ago to some sort of so-called non-regression baseline where they won't take standards below. Today it was reported, but not confirmed. Perhaps we're in the tunnel, I don't know. But it was not confirmed that uh, the UK had also agreed to keep to ensure to, it will keep standards pushing on, and that's consistent with Boris Johnson's, you know, push on the environment. He's, he's burnishing his environmental credentials. He's got aspirations here. It makes no sense not to have a deal uh, because of that. Um, and mm. so, you know, it would be an inconvenient truth. Um, you know, so it's back to the fish then. It, it, it is back to the fish. It's exactly back to the fish. But as we've always said. Uh, you know, if this deal is going to fail, and we don't think it will, it won't. It, it won't be failing on fish. Mm. Right. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Now, there's probably not much to say about the uh, the UK CPI numbers today, except that if you're worried about inflation picking up, it's not there. Inflation at just one point one percent, and the EU wages were pretty subdued today. Uh, we saw Japan's exports slide more than four percent year on year in November, despite a, an uptick in, in demand from China. Uh, it was the demand from the United States that was holding them back. You know, and we we talked about how retail 
retail sales were down so much in November. Uh, and look, we've got the Bank of England coming on later on tonight. Uh, what what a time for them to be making a call. I mean, we don't know uh, about Brexit. Uh, there's more lockdowns coming in the UK, but of course the vaccine is giving hope on the other side. I mean, about 140,000 people in the UK have already had the jab, apparently. Uh, so that all sounds like a, a time to sit on the fence, doesn't it? If you were the Bank of England, Governor? Uh, I think that's exactly right. Um, we know that the quarterly meetings, the last quarterly meeting of importance was November. The next one will be February. The bank will it be assessing the incoming information. It'll want to see what happens with Brexit. Uh, it'll want to see what happens with Fed and others, stimulus plans, those kinds of things. Uh, this is a period for the bank just to sit on its hands, as you say, and uh, assess the incoming information. It, it's still going through that review in terms of whether you know negative uh, rates uh, will work with the UK banking system, even though now you can make the counter-argument that says with the vaccine coming uh, in 2021, it probably wouldn't be needed anyway. A lot of that depends on the fallout on from whether there is a trade deal or not. And, uh, you know, we need to get past that decision. Right. And early tomorrow morning, uh, the US weekly jobless claims and the housing start numbers. We know the, the housing market is uh, almost a law unto itself, isn't it, this year? But jobs-wise, well, last time, uh, new claims shot up from 716,000 to 853,000 when the hope was that they'd be heading down. Now, even though these numbers have been discredited a little bit, it's going to be quite a shock if those numbers go even higher, isn't it? Well, that's the trend. And the worry is that... Uh, uh, the next the non-farm payroll report may well be negative. So uh, I'm afraid the uh, the direction is going the wrong way. Um, well, we'll see what it brings. That's all we can say, isn't it, really? Yeah. Okay, good yeah. to catch you, Gavin. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk to you again tomorrow morning. Thanks. Cheers, Phil. And that's how it is this Thursday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Catch you again Friday morning. See you then.